to further understand uh, how important Mecca is, then take note of the fact that there's no place on the face of this earth. There's no place on the face of this earth that it is compulsory to travel to for those who are able. Besides Mecca. Think about it. Hajj is the fifth pillar of Islam. Right? And if one is able, they have to go for Hajj. To perform Hajj, you have to go to Mecca. And the majority of the scholars view Umrah as compulsory as well. View Umrah as compulsory as well. And to perform Umrah, you have to go to Mecca. Right? And then brothers and sisters, to understand again how Allah has chosen Mecca, then understand that subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created Mecca. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created the stones, the different stones. And Allah gave a special rank and precedence to one stone over the other stones. And that stone is known as the Hajar al-Aswad. The Hajar al-Aswad. Allahu Akbar. Allah gave it a special rank and a special status. And taught His Prophet ﷺ to kiss it. And the Prophet ﷺ kissed it. And the companions kissed it. And the Ummah of Muhammad ﷺ tries to kiss it. Imagine a stone, my dear brothers and sisters. I want you to understand this ayah that Ibn al-Qayyim is building his introduction to this amazing book upon. Allahu Akbar. That, you know, when, we, when Allah says that Allah creates and chooses what He creates, understand the reality of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying. This stone, subhana rabbi al-a'la, that was almost a means of the Quraysh falling into a mighty battle. Because we know when they rebuilt the Kaaba, they were fighting between themselves. Or, you know, they were quarreling and arguing and it almost went into bloodshed. Swords were almost drawn regarding who should put the stone in its place. Allahu Akbar, a stone, indeed Allah has given rank and given an honor to the stone. It is the only stone that people want to kiss and love to kiss and try to kiss. Think about it brothers and sisters. And as Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anh said, that wallahi, you are just a stone. And if I didn't see Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kissing you, I wouldn't have kissed you. Brothers and sisters, which stone is a means of our sins being removed as well? And the reason why... It's being highlighted is because Ibn al-Qayyim rahmatullahi alayhi has highlighted it in his main book. He speaks about the Hajar uh, al-Aswad and how Allah has given it a rank over the other stones and made it a means for our sins to be removed. For the person who kisses it, their sins are removed. And we taught in the Sunnah that the stone came white from Jannah and because of the sins of the people, it became darkened and it became uh, black. Now we don't have time to go into the reality of the Hajar al-Aswad now. That is a discussion for another day. But take note of the essence. The essence of this stone having a precedence over uh, uh, the, the, you know, over the, 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 uh, the other uh, stones. Then when we talk about Mecca and how special it is, understand that there's no place on earth that if you offer salah in it, your salah or the rewards, are, you will be rewarded with 100,000 salah. La ilaha illallah. <sighs> Wallahi, it's, it's exhausting speaking about this, not because it's tiring, but because it's exciting. Wallahi, I'm running out of breath speaking about this. And wallahi, I feel the need to go to Makkah. May Allah take us to Makkah. May Allah take us to Makkah. And may Allah continuously take us to Makkah. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. And for those who haven't gone to Mecca, then may Allah take you to Mecca sooner rather than later. Which other place on earth, brothers and sisters, 
which other place is there where you can offer a salah and Allah gives you the reward of 100,000 salah in uh, the musnad of Imam Ahmad and in Sunan An-Nasai. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is reported to have said in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Zubayr, Salatun fi masjidi hadha afdalu min alfi salatin fi ma siwahu illa al-masjid al-haram. Wa salatun fi al-masjid al-haram afdalu min salatin fi masjidi hadha bi mi'ati salat. Allahu Akbar. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is teaching, that, teaching us that the salat in his masjid, right? is better than the salah in any other masjid besides Masjid al-Haram. Why? Because in his masjid, you get one hundred, you get a thousand, you get the reward of a thousand salah for every salah prayed. And, if, uh, and then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, besides Masjid al-Haram, because in Masjid al-Haram, you will get the reward of one hundred thousand salah for every salah prayed. Allahu Akbar. Right? So this further exacerbates our understanding of how mighty Mecca is and how mighty the sacred lands are over uh, the rest of the lands. And we know that when Rasulullah was kicked out uh, of Mecca by his people, uh, Rasulullah said, Wallahi innaki la khayru ardillah, wa ahabbu ardillahi ilallah, wa lawla anni ukhrijtu mink ma kharajt. He said, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that uh, when he left Mecca, or it is reported that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, when he left Mecca, that by Allah, indeed you are the, 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 the best of the lands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you are the most beloved of Allah's lands to Allah. And if it wasn't that I was kicked out uh, by your people, I would not have left. This is what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said about Mecca. And with that, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passed away in Medina, which again should further exacerbate to us the reality of the, of the, the sacred lands, Mecca and Medina, and the lands of, of Sham. One of the special uh, you know, attributes of Mecca, which further teach us how special Mecca is over the rest of the lands. And, and yes, you know, Mecca is special, Medina is special, Sham is special, but no doubt the most special of the special is Mecca. And with this we can say that Allah created the lands and He he gave a special precedence to the sacred lands over the rest of the lands. Mecca and Medina and Sham. Right? Uh, And uh, as Allah gave a special rank to these three places, Allah gave a a special rank to Mecca and Medina. And as Allah gave a special rank to Mecca and Medina, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us even greater rank to Mecca. Right? So that's why we're focusing on Mecca here. And Ibn al-Qayyim goes on to mention many attributes of Mecca. And from the attributes that he mentions, rahmatullahi alayh, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made Mecca the qibla of the Muslims. Allahu Akbar. He made Mecca the qibla of the Muslims. He made this, ba- this valley, this valley, Right? This difficult valley. The qibla of the Muslims. That every Muslim until the day of Qiyamah will face it and pray salah facing it. Allahu Akbar. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made Mecca the qibla of the Muslims. And again, in terms of Mecca and how uh, mag- magnanimous Mecca is, we learn from the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Allah has prevented us from even relieving ourselves. May Allah honor you all. Even using the lavatory whilst facing Mecca. Whilst facing Mecca or whilst our backs face Mecca. 
right? And according to Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, the correct opinion in this particular uh, ruling, and this particular uh, um, uh, discussion, is that even if the lavatory is in a building, the lavatory should not face Mecca, nor should the, the back of the lavatory face Mecca, so that a person who uh, relieves himself, may Allah honor you all, does not face Mecca whilst relieving oneself. Ibn al-Qayyim is of the view that this applies even to the lavatories in one's building. Allahu Akbar. So the fact that even on an etiquette level, on, on, on the level of, of mannerisms and adab, we find, uh, you know, uh, etiquettes pertaining to Mecca. Again, this teaches us the rank of Mecca uh, as opposed to the ranks that the other lands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, creates uh, hold. When we look at Mecca, brothers and sisters, to further make us understand how amazing Mecca is, then understand that the first masjid to be built on earth, to be established on earth, was Masjidul Haram. Was Masjidul Haram. And uh, Masjidul Haram is in Mecca. Right? And we, we learn this um, from a narration both in Sahih al Bukhari and in Sahih Muslim in the hadith of Abi Dhar radiallahu anhu. He says, Sa'altu Rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam an awwali masjidin wudi'a fil ardi faqala al Masjidul Haram. Qultu thumma ay qal al Masjidul Aqsa. Qultu kam baynahuma so in the hadith of Abidhar, he says he asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, O Prophet of Allah, you know, which was the first masjid on earth? And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-Masjidul Haram, the masjid of the Kaaba, Masjidul Haram. He says, then I said, then which masjid? Which masjid came after Masjidul Haram in terms of establishment on earth? And he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Masjidul Aqsa. And that is in uh, Palestine, in Jerusalem, Masjid Al-Aqsa. Um, and then he asked, and how many years did the world witness between Masjid Al-Haram and, and Masjid Al-Aqsa? And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said 40 years. 40 years. So there was 40 years between the building of Masjid Al-Haram and um, and, 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 and Masjid Al-Aqsa. Now, uh, some, some, who, who, uh, some have raised concern uh, about this particular nar- uh, narration because uh, some have understood that the person who built Masjid Al-Aqsa was uh, Prophet Sulaiman. Was Prophet Sulaiman. Naam. Yes. So, uh, some have, have, have said that, um, you know, have, have queried the hadith. Because uh, they, they took the understanding that uh, the person who, who built um, Masjid Al-Aqsa uh, was Sulaiman alayhi salam. Was Sulaiman alayhi salam. Prophet Sulaiman. And the reality is, brothers and sisters, uh, is that Sulaiman alayhi uh, salam, he renovated Al-Aqsa. He renovated Al-Aqsa. He didn't establish Al-Aqsa. The correct opinion, and Allah knows best, and this has been mentioned by Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, is that the person who established Masjid, uh, Masjid al-Aqsa is Ya'qub ibn Ishaq. Right? Sallallahu alayhima. So, we know that Ya'qub ibn Ishaq, he was the father of Yusuf alayhi salam. And we know that the one who established or raised the Kaaba uh, was, uh, was Ibrahim alayhi salam. 
and uh, Yaqub alayhi salam is from the grandchildren of Ibrahim alayhi salam. So based on this, this hadith is authentic, as we've established, number one, and this hadith uh, is correct. This hadith is correct in terms of its instruction. Sometimes the hadith can be authentic in terms of the, uh, the chain of narrators, the people who narrated the hadith. But sometimes the meaning of the hadith could be awkward. So is this meaning awkward? And the answer is no, it's not awkward. Uh, because um, Yaqub ibn Ishaq is the grandson of Ibrahim. And Ibrahim raised the Kaaba. And uh, Yaqub ibn Ishaq established Masjid al-Aqsa. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said between the two masjids was 40 years. Was 40 years. Now, obviously, uh, you know, it can be understood. It's, it's understandable. If we say that Sulaiman was the one who built Masjid al-Aqsa, then it can be understandable why some people will, will query uh, the hadith of Abu Dhar, uh, which says that there was 40 years between um, uh, you know, the, the, the two masjids. Because there, obviously there was uh, a thousand years or more, right, between uh, Ibrahim alayhi salam and uh, Sulaiman alayhi salam. There was a thousand year, years or more between Ibrahim alayhi salam and Sulaiman alayhi salam. So um, if this is the case, how can there only be 40 years between the two masajid? Now this is just a footnote for you all to take note of in case one day uh, you do hear this query. In case somebody says that Sulaiman alayhi salam built the Kaaba, uh, built Masjid al-Aqsa, we would say in this particular circumstance that no, he didn't build it, he renovated it. Rather the building was done by Yaqub ibn Ishaq, who was the grandson of Ibrahim alayhi salam, and he built it 40 years after Ibrahim alayhi salam, uh, or after Masjid al-Haram was established on earth, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, knows best. Um, also from the matters, brothers and sisters, that teach us uh, how special Mecca is, is the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, termed, uh, you know, Mecca, Ummul Qura, the mother, the mother of all places. It holds the title, the mother of all places, right? And, uh, you know, it's, it's well understood in language, when we say this is the mother of all things, we mean it's the best of all things. It's the most important of all things. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, says in, 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 in His book, uh, titling Mecca as, as Umm Al-Qura. Uh, so Mecca is Umm Al-Qura, and this is another uh, evidence to the fact that Mecca is the best of all places. Another issue and aspect, brothers and sisters, that further teaches us how important Mecca is and how uh, Mecca uh, is um, more special than all the other lands and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given Mecca uh, a special precedence over all the other lands is the fact that when we enter Mecca, we need to enter with ihram, right? In a, in a sacred state, right? Um, and this is the view of some of the scholars, Right? That you cannot enter Mecca except with ihram. Except with ihram. And what's clear in the Hanafi madhab uh, is that this is the ruling even for the, for the one who enters Mecca regularly, continuously. Unless they are people who uh, have a home um, after the Miqat. Right? So if they have a home after the Miqat, then this is, uh, uh, sorry, uh, except for a person who uh, is, is, is living in Mecca, right? And, and, and exits regularly. Then for them, they can come back without ihram. But uh, for anyone coming into the Miqat, intending Mecca, 
then they have to enter in ihram. Right? So the fact that we have this fiqh ruling, and the scholars have taken this understanding, I'm not going to go into the difference of opinion and go into the evidences, um, uh, because it is quite a long discussion, uh, but no doubt, even the scholars who say that you don't have to enter Mecca with ihram, they say it's better to. Right? So even if you go, for example, and you, and you pass Ta'if, for example, and you head back to Mecca, then even the scholars who say you don't you know, have to enter Mecca in Ihram, they say it's better for you to enter Mecca in Ihram. And as I've said, um, uh, several of the scholars have said that for a person to enter Mecca, they must enter Mecca in the state of Ihram. Right in the sacred state and go and perform an umrah. So based on this discussion, this fiqh discussion, we can say this further adds uh, knowledge to our understanding of how uh, Mecca is and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Now, also from uh, the matters that teach us why Mecca is important, yet another matter mentioned by Ibn al-Qayyim rahmatullahi alayhi is the fact that whoever intends to do sin, Now pay attention brothers and sisters. Whoever intends to do sin in Mecca, then they will be held accountable. Normally if you intend to do sin and you don't do the sin, you're not held accountable. In fact, if you intend to do a sin and you do not do the sin, Allah will reward you. This is from the mercy of Allah. And if you do the sin, Allah will only give you one sin. Right? And with regards to our rewards, Allah will multiply our rewards based on the, inte- the, the strength of our intention. That's the norm. But in Mecca, if you intend to do haram, then you will be taken to account. And Ibn al-Qayyim uses as evidence the ayah in Surah Al-Hajj, ayah number 25, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَنْ يُرِدْ فِيهِ بِإِلْحَادٍ بِظُلْمٍ نُذِقْهُ مِنْ عَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ That whoever inclines towards evil, intends evil, then they will be made to taste a severe punishment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us and protect us. So the fact that uh, you know Mecca uh, has this special um, ruling as cited by Ibn al-Qayyim rahmatullahi alayhi further teaches us, further teaches us that uh, Mecca is indeed a special place and a chosen place and Allah has given it a special precedence over all other places on earth. Uh, lastly, brothers and sisters, insha- inshallah we'll stop here. Uh, lastly, another uh, important point to teach us uh, about the importance of the sacred lands and how Allah chooses His sacred lands is the fact that uh, a person who does good in the sacred lands, then their uh, rewards are multiplied both in quality and quantity over the other lands. Right? However, uh, if they do sin, then the quantity of the sin will not be multiplied. But because the sin was done in the holy lands, then the severity of the sin will be increased. So a sin done outside of Mecca or outside of the, 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 the sacred lands, it, has, it carries its weight. But when that sin is done in the sacred lands, it carries a heavier weight. So our scholars, rahmatullahi alayhim, teach us that Allah will not increase the quantity of the sin. Allah is just. But the weight of the sin and severity of the sin will be increased given the land that you're in, teaching us that Mecca and the sacred lands have a special rank, a special precedence, and a special place over all other lands. Brothers and sisters, Allah has blessed us.
to share a lot in terms of our discussion uh, with this ayah. May Allah shower His mercy upon Imam Ibn Qayyim rahmatullahi alayhi for sharing with us several insights uh, and really, really uh, making clear to us, you know, His reasons for building His uh, introduction upon the ayah. Wallahu yakhluqu ma yasha'u wa yakhtar that indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, creates what he wills and gives a special rank and precedence to that which he wills subhanahu wa ta'ala ma kana lahumul khiyara no one had a choice or say in the matter uh, so uh, we 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 are grateful to Allah for inspiring Ibn al-Qayyim rahmatullahi alayhi uh, for you know uh, writing this book and sharing with us uh, many of those insights that help us understand this ayah. Um, I don't think you will ever ever read this ayah in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the, you know, in the same way that you have been reading it currently or have been reading it previously. Whenever you come across this ayah, um, you're, going to res- you know, you're going to respect the ayah in a greater way because the understanding of the ayah has increased uh, in a greater way. That as you've understood that Allah creates, you're going to ponder over what He's created. And as you've understood that Allah has indeed raised in rank certain parts over others, you're going to ponder uh, over this particular reality taught to us by uh, this particular ayah. Inshallah, brothers and sisters, when we come back uh, next week, we will continue uh, with this particular uh, introduction, inshallah, and then move on. If Allah blesses us with, with more time, move on to uh, the first portion of the book uh, that uh, Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahmatullahi alayhi, uh, has summarized from the book Zad al Ma'ad Provisions for the Here. After, So we still have a little bit to discuss surrounding this introduction because uh, as I promised you, I want to talk to you about uh, time and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created time. And even though all of time is made up of seconds and minutes and hours and days and weeks and months and years, uh, we will uh, inshallah see how Allah has raised certain portions of time in rank and precedence and honor over other portions in the Allah Taala. هذا والله أعلم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. Indeed, everything correct is from Allah, and He is perfect, and any mistakes are from myself and Shaytan. And I seek Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's forgiveness. سبحان الله وبحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك.